today I'll be talking about the movie Beyond Darkness. And this movie is kind of like a combination between Poltergeist and a little bit of The Exorcist. A little bit. You know, an Amityville Horror all mixed mixed in, all three styles mixed in together with this movie. And a little bit of Hellraiser Pinhead. Like, you know how Hellraiser, you know how Pinhead comes out in the Hellraiser movies? The smoky style. Yeah, a little bit of that. I'm going to tell you why a little later on. But Beyond Darkness is one of those, you can tell it's one of those Italian movies with the Flimmerage logo on it. Flimmerage. Flim, I hope I'm saying the name right. But man, I, I liked this movie. I, re- I thought I never saw this movie, but I actually did. But I just didn't remember it, you know. It's been so long after realizing it. So yeah, I just saw this movie. How come I didn't review it, you know? Anyway, Beyond Darkness is about this priest. He's when he saw this woman in prison ready to be executed. And she said she doesn't want to be like, um, she doesn't want to beg for forgiveness or nothing. Because she was part of murdering, murdering these kids. And she's talking about how she worshiped this demon. And she's taking these kids' soul in hell with her. And then she gave the priest a, a Bible, you know, a, her devil Bible. And then later on, you get this family moving into the house. And they start experiencing all this haunting, this paranormal activity going around. And I kind of like this movie because it's kind of pretty fast-paced, you know. You just get to the fucking point, you know. And as the priest finds out that th- there's a mystery behind this house. And he saw the other priest from the beginning of this movie v- saw him. And he said the, that priest started telling him about the house. Telling him about the coffin of witches, you know, how they were executed. And it's pretty much, they take the soul of kids. It's pretty much child murderers, pretty much, you know. And this... This um, woman who became a demon now, um, trying to trying to abduct these two kids in the house, trying to take them to hell with the with her pretty much, and the family pretty much had to fight her and her minions pretty much, and it's funny because when you see her come out, it's like she's coming, she's like ripping off Pinhead, you know, you know, like I said with the with the smoky style, I think she tries to talk like Pinhead a little bit too, you know, it was kind of funny, and it's pretty much the priest and the two priests will have to team up. To fight this demon, exercise the house, exercise the demon, and free their kids, pretty much. And um, all in all, this movie was good. I kind of, I really did like it. I, I really enjoyed it, you know. And like I said, it's been a long time, but now after seeing it again, I, I did enjoy it for what it was, you know. And um, the kid that, that but the son, the little son, he kind of, I think he was the kid from Troll Two also, which was another Flimmerage logo title, you know, capitalized on the first, the original Troll movie, of course. But besides that, Beyond Darkness, I say check it out. Hey guys and gals, today we're going to be talking about a movie. And it's called Beasties from 1991. This is one of those independent straight to video movie, which is pretty fucking obvious. Yes, it is. Oh yeah. Yo, 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 man. I see. Oh boy. Um, I wonder if this movie trying to be a cross between Ghoulies and Terminator. I mean, no, you don't want to spoil independent movies. Do I Do I want to spoil independent movies? Even old ones. But, such a nice guy, man. I'm, Yo-Yo, you see the Yo-Yo man is a nice guy. You know, independent directors, you know. I mean, it's, no, it's an old movie. They, want, they, got, they got to make some kind of money. It only went to video cassette, though. Plus, I saw this online. But, um... E for effort, you know, I'll give it that. But when you see the cover like Beasties, 
You want to see more of the fucking monsters. Okay, I don't give a fuck about the human interactions, okay? Fuck the humans. Monster killing. That's how they kill people, too. Anyway, you got these beasties killing people. You don't see too much kill scenes, by the way. And then the movie progressed with this nutty guy picked up an egg. Then he wants to meet up with... I think he, yeah, I think he wants to meet up with this woman. After I forgot the reason why he went to meet up with this woman. But then the beastie's trying to attack her, and then she battled the beasties, and then this nerd guy with his girl, the human girl, end up like, okay, let's leave, let's get out of here, pretty much. And um, they get, they start upon these punks. Yeah, you got these punks. In the early 90s, punks. Shit. We still have punks around in the early 90s? I thought we had more of the grungy, grungy guys type of thing, you know? Punks are so 80s and 70s to me. Well, anyway, let's move forward. Um, punks end up taking orders from this guy who sits on a throne named Osiris. He wants to guide Nelson for some reason. And movie mainly is going to be based on that half of the time. You know, it's like watching 10 Cloverfield Lane when you thought it was going to be monsters. Nah, you meant to action. But Teddy feeling did it better. But this movie, just zoom into action. Punks captured these three people. And Cyrus pretty much went Nelson for something. Um, the punk trying to get with one of the girls. Um, the other punk female got jealous. So she freed them. Freed the other two that was in a cage. That was able to rescue the girl. Um, um, people from the other side of the town found out that their friend got kidnapped by the punks. They come in trying to fight. The, they, I mean, they went to fight the punks like a gang fight, you know, with the rich kids versus the punks, and then the uh, the three stars of this movie end up escaping that scene, and Nelson said, oh, I gotta go back to the park, because the UFOs, like, dragging him, and then one story turns to another story, when you have, it's more like an alien story now, with a Terminator 2 rip-off storyline, let's put it like that, and then you start seeing the beast, the little monsters that's showing up, and they go back killing again, and... You know, and, and I, I like the Beasties monster, you know. I like how they look. I just wish they utilized them more, you know what I'm saying? I mean, those fucking monsters are pretty cool. For an independent movie level, I would say they pretty much come close to um, ghoulies, but of course, you could tell maybe get those guys with hand puppet them up the ass or something, maybe. But the, the special effects of those Beasties monsters, like I said, it's pretty good. And they get a little twist ending, you know. But, um, Beasties, I mean... E for effort, in my opinion, I like for what it is. Of course, it's a low-budget movie. I guess you have to work what you got, you know. But still, we put that monster in the front cover, man. I, I think it should have been more monsters than you, you went into action, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, that's what pretty much I want to say. Anyway, yo, yo, yo. Peace out and see you later. All right, today we talk about this documentary that's on Netflix. It's called Nine Muse. Star, Star of the Empire. Okay, let me see. I hope I got the name right. Anyway, it's, I'll post a poster for it anyway. Um, it's a documentary about this about the uh, upcoming Korean pop group. And if you heard about these Korean pop group musicians, it's like a camp. You know how they f- form. It's like pretty much it's nothing new. Any anyway, in the music industry, how you form a band these days. You know, sometimes it might be a corporate band like this, for example. You know, how they get these different girls together, like maybe in a model agency, or you might see it out in the street. 
and they had to set themselves a certain way for a look, body image. They have to learn to work together, you know. Uh, the certain voices have to be right. And it's like a grueling, grueling schedule because they got to be totally dedicated, you know, to to becoming a music pop group, you know. And, you know, you get the, sometimes you get them being stressful. They're going to get tired of it. And the managers and, and the producers and people behind the scenes be like, you know, kind of worried, like, uh, are they are they really fit to do this, you know? There's um, the managers that work for the company spend a lot of money on this, you know, by building the perfect go group. And, and, you know, it's pretty much like, it's pretty much like any other group, you know, guy group, girl group, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Korean pop or not, you know, pretty much you've seen it done before. But, you know, with Korean music being so popular now, I mean, to me, I kind of grew up with Korean music, so there's really nothing new for me. But now in this era, thanks to Psy, who, who kind of make Korean music blow up for, for commercialized brand for all over the world to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I thought this documentary was pretty cool. Um, Nine Music is now like, one of my favorite K-pop groups, to be honest with you. Actually, my most favorite gold K-pop group is actually Baby Fox, you know, growing up. But that's just my opinion, though. But um, all in all, um, I really like this documentary. If you want to see how a K-pop group is formed... Or a group in general form it, it co- the corporation feel to it. I say definitely check it out, man. I mean, you, you you're not missing anything. I thought this I thought this was pretty decent. Anyway, peace, guys. See you later. Hello, everyone. Today I'll be talking about the movie Book of Shadows, Blade Witch Project Part Two, or the Blade Witch Two. Let me just say this: when you talk about underrated sequels, and I know a lot of people talk about underrated sequels, any genre. No, this movie, without a doubt, is an underrated sequel. This movie gets shit shit on a lot because people be saying, "Oh, it's not even done found footage style," you know. And now today, people say, "Oh, I hate found footage and all that shit," you know. It's kind of weird, you know. It's like double standards. People are such fucking hypocrites, you know. But Book of Shadows, Blade Witch 2, I always loved this movie, even though it was done with mostly regular camera work. And it was like a mix between mostly regular camera work and a little bit of the found footage element added in. This movie works. I mean, and let me just say about the soundtrack, truly, 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 this movie does make good use of good, good rock, heavy metal soundtrack, you know, rock tracks of the 90s era, you know, or, or the, well, this movie was done in 2000, but still. But still, like, the 90s era of rock music, you know, it's early 2000. It, it still make good use of it, you know, and I, I don't love this movie so much. It, it's a sequel. I mean, I like this way more than the first movie. The first movie, it was good for what it was, you know, what it was trying to portray. But the sequel, to me, is a step above that. You know, it, it gives you more background of the Blair Witch, of who the Blair Witch is. That, you know, a little bit more talk about the Blair Witch. You got a bunch of these adults. I can't say you got a mix of young young adults and and adults, like older people, pretty much. You know, and um, they go on the tour to find out more about the Blair Witch. You know who the Blair Witch is. They meet up against people from the woods. You know, and they meet different people. You know, around the town, the woods, and they head to the factory to try and explore more more with the Blair Witch. You know, you get your scenes when they're partying and something happened, like. The camera, the documents are shredded apart. Like, what the hell is going on? How this happened? You know? And I don't want to ruin it too much, even though this is an old movie. But still, I feel like the movie did it so well, you know, with the mystery, the suspense, the thrill of it. Like, you've been wondering what the fuck is going on with these people, you know? And it looked like the movie will have, like, flashbacks between 
back and forth, and and a little bit of the aftermath, as you can tell from the scenes of these of this movie, you know, and you know it's pretty much these um these people uh, wrapping the scenarios like what's going on, they're seeing things, they're having visions. Is it supernatural? Is it them? Is it the drugs? You don't know, you know. It's just it's going the movies is going to like play with your mind, you know. And I feel like Book of Shadows Blade Witch Two. Or the Blair Witch Project Part 2 did a really great job at it, you know. Um, without ruining anything, I thought this movie was great. And, and actors and actresses, they were all likable, you know. I liked this, and I liked them. They were good actors and good actresses. I feel like they delivered the performance real well. And I feel, like, again, I say, I feel like this movie is so underrated, like an underrated sequel that it just gets shit on because I think people wanted more like the original. But what you wanted from the original, you got from the sequel. So I'll be wondering why people complain about it, you know. People should like this movie for what it was, too, you know? Anyway, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, highly recommended it. I don't care what anybody says. One of my favorites. And to get the DVD version, because it's loaded with special features. I'll be talking about an indie movie I saw. Um, It's called Dart at the Mall. And um, this is kind of like an interesting, interesting one. I mean, it's, it's about, like I said, it's an indie movie. And usually, like the newer Indian horror movies... There have been like very, very few of them that I really do enjoy, but a lot of them I really don't, you know, and this was one of them that I do enjoy. Um, I was surprised how good the music is, the background music. Um, I actually like there's only one Son of Dance number in this one, um, which is like an item going Son of Dance. I um, mean, if you guys, if you guys are into indie movies or let me explain what an item, item number is. An item number is like a Son of Dance routine in a movie where you have a hot looking babe. Sitting and dancing, doing the dance moves instead of an actress. So you call them like item numbers, pretty much. But oh, item girl. But she was hot though, thick bro. I was like, whoa. But besides that, the point. Let me get to the point. It's something I want to throw in there, but you know, let me get to the point. Um, you got this mall being hunted by this ghost. Um, nothing new though. I think we've seen it done before in um in a Korean horror movie and an American horror movie also. I think it was called Mirrors One and Two, and plus the remake, plus the remake. Um, yeah. Anyway, about this Indian security guard, um, he, he's like he's hired to become the new chief, while the other security guards end up being dead by this ghost, and and you're wondering like what what is this ghost doing? The mall? Why is killing people? Why is hunting the mall? And then you get later on, you get this event for the mall, like a party event. And then you start having to go start killing people one by one, you know, who was, who was still in the mall. But the ghost has an objective, has a reason why the ghost is doing what it's doing. Um, the movie does have a few, um, I would say probably one or two jump scenes that you, that you did not expect from, that, that would just jump at you, you know. I, I thought it was good because I didn't expect it, so I give it credit. Um, you got the security guard. Like, look, doing his investigation, he looked like he's having flashback scenes, you know, and it's kind of like, you can, you can just tell what the story is about, like, as it progressed, like, it has to be connected to the security guard, the chief of security guard, and the people in the mall, as, as it develops, like, they have some kind of connection with the mall, you know, and like I said, no spoilers, because I don't want to ruin the mystery behind the movie, but I thought the mystery and suspense of it was good, in my opinion, um, there is, there are a lot of deaths, people do die in this movie, um, it's nothing like gory. I mean, does you just have like scenes of a little bit of gore that but you don't see it in detail. 
You know, like when one goes strangling the guy and the guy body fell down while the goes holding the guy's head, <laughs> strangling it. Like you see like in a shadow, for example. You see spooky kids, you know, not like spooky ghost kids, everyone. But um like I said, when the mystery builds up and you start knowing the reason why the ghost is doing what it's doing, um, you, you end up liking the movie, you understand why. Um, Door at the Mall, I say definitely check it out. I mean, it's on Netflix streaming for free, just like Pay the Ghost. So, anyway, check this movie out, definitely.